platform. So for this episode I am very delighted to welcome Mr Rishi Kulkarni who is the CEO and co-founder at Rev. Uh, he started his entrepreneurial journey 10 years ago uh, when he founded One Click which was then acquired by Freshworks. So he spent a lot of his time in Freshworks uh, building and selling products. Rev uh, is an all-in-one document management system to help individuals and teams run their businesses. It's got customers in the US, Singapore, UK, South Africa, India and Australia among other markets. So, uh thank you Rishi for joining in and welcome to Leadership Lessons. Thanks Pragya, thanks for the opportunity to talk with you. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Uh we are all in 2021. <laughs> yeah, finally. Getting <laughs> out of Zoom and hopefully we'll one day have this kind of interaction in the studio and Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rishi, you've had a fascinating journey. Uh, you transitioned from the corporate space to a startup world. So, to begin with, can you elaborate on your journey? How was it? How did you go about starting a startup? I mean, if you allow me to talk something like that, I can the rest of the day to talk about it. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to add what really the relevant pieces or things that really uh, at least. pushed me towards more uh, as a as an entrepreneur or as as somebody who could uh, really uh, go ahead and take the, the thing about making a difference to the market making a difference to people uh, or the ecosystem that we are in um, so pragya uh, it's a coincidence like you i also started from pts oh i started from pts from there that was long long ago so i'll not tell you that whole case but i did start from pts but uh, things changed me for was uh, Uh, in 2008 to 2009, um, uh, I was uh, with a larger pushy company like Instant Technologies. Uh, Bangalore was known for MNCs setting up their bases here. Uh, but what that helped in the last, uh, in the in that particular decade was a lot of technology, a lot of understanding of of, of US markets, customers, pre-sales, go-to-market. That kind of experience, expertise started building up. So the 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 first two startup that I joined was a video conferencing company called LifeSize, which was acquired by Logitech, the mm-hmm. mouse company, in 2009. And uh, that is when I had the first stint of building something and shipping it to the customer, and then getting all the bad reviews from the customer for the for the the bad stuff that we shipped, and then fixing it, and then shipping it again, and then wowing the customer and understanding that entire cycle. Right. So, I think it's. it's uh, the most important thing in terms of un- building something is to really really get that feedback not the good feedback but the bad feedback from the customer and if more of that you learn from that you start building confidence that hey i can get better i can wow the customer so i think those are the things that started happening in 2009 and um uh i had come from video conferencing and uh, it was a little more 
like a passion thing that time and uh, perhaps a bad move very clearly a bad move don't do your startup based on passion for the first time want to fix it people in india they want to fix uh, finance in india i wanted to fix uh, telecommunications or video conferencing in india so started building a video conferencing solution um failed for the first year uh, only second year realized that how to build a team how to raise funds at that time i somehow managed to raise funds too uh, and then really understand that solving something for a customer uh matters a lot more than the passion aspect and the skill aspect or just the hype aspect of running a startup and that's when uh the problem that we found out was hey video can be used for high touch customer support mm-hmm. and freshdesk liked it we were trying to integrate with freshdesk we were trying to integrate with zoho uh, we were trying to integrate with a lot of customer support companies and example would be is if you were to in 2011 12 13 if you were to go to hdfc insurance website there was a chat that used to be pop on the website and that was simply a text chat but in 2013 if you had used that chat that chat would have turned into a screen share a potential audio and a video call and you could actually as a customer support fill the insurance form for the customer online and that was all happening on onlum click wow so that changed for us largely because of infrastructure started changing use cases started coming in people mm-hmm. were willing to pay money and there were founders like us who were willing to risk it and learn from the mistakes there was really nothing that we could do day one but we learned it over a year or something like that so that's largely been the journey on the first leg of of what i did with uh, with one click right right and then uh, how did you transition from a one click to rev so freshworks was a great experience i think it's truly uh, a global saas company out of india uh, operations which is at global standards a product which is at global standard a go to market uh, engine that's at global standard so when you're in a system like that and because of the acquisition i was part of the leadership there and really got the ringside view of how things were happening what was the secret sauce behind zoho and freshworks and the the, the chennai saas and spent a lot of time understanding that and uh, built a product called fresh chat uh, i'm curious so what was the secret sauce uh, there are actually multiple secret sauce multiple secret sauce but i think there are uh, many of those things i think one secret sauce is looking at india the talent as oh india is a lot of engineers or programmers was a mm-hmm. wrong perspective chennai had especially freshworks had built an entire uh, organization which was great in marketing great in product great in user experience awesome in customer support figuring out the pricing figuring out data analytics uh, figuring out engineering everything in chennai so it's no more just uh, programmers who are being hired because there is dollar arbitration but it was full blown organization that you could learn and just that ability that hey, all of this can be built out of india and you can sell stuff back in us i think that is the thing that was a, was it's not really a secret sauce it's it's more about being uh, confident that india has this talent mm-hmm. and that's what they took a bet on and if you look at zoho also they nurtured and built that talent and it's that's truly the secret sauce mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so when you started with rev what was the thought behind it uh, tell me more about this uh, document management solutions that you offer tell me more about the industry what do you think is the future of this industry so uh, coming back out of uh, freshworks one of the 
things that Freshworks uh, Soho and others had figured out was what are the problems that everybody has, right? Not necessarily a large company like PepsiCo or a General Electric or a, or a Google or Facebook's employees or the company has. But what would have a, a company like a mom and pop shop who's on website have a problem? What would be a company which has 10 employees have a problem? What would a company which would have 100 people uh, have a problem? And that we call them as SMBs, right? small and medium right. businesses. Right. right? And uh, uh, the challenge that comes is all of software for the last 25, 30 years has been largely built towards productivity and towards profitability which comes selling to larger companies. It's much more better for Oracle to build software and sell it to banks uh, and airlines than to say a, a small online pizza delivery shop out of Indranagar. So it just doesn't make sense. So the idea that was is, can you build a software which is usable uh, by, by anyone? So the thing that we started looking at Rev is, what are the problems that everybody faces? And what is that angle that you could enter into that market that everybody knows of? So customer support, people know of that. Marketing, people know of that. But from an internal operations, what we saw was the currency of operation is documents. Always documents, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You don't know, how to, we may not know how to stitch Google Analytics with our website, but I do know how to send an invoice. I do know how to send a purchase order. I do right. know how to send an offer letter. I do know how to sign an agreement. So when you have a company which is year old, two years old, four years old, you'll realize that your Google Drive or Box or your hard drive will be filled of documents and that holds a lot of your business transactions. So every time I have to see is, hey, what's my account receivable for the next three months? You don't get that answer in one day. It takes a couple of days to go through all your documents and understand that. If you have to look at is, hey, uh, what are the leave requests pending in the company? How many offer letters we sent in the last one year? For a, for a say, an employee base of 50, who's hiring perhaps 10 or 20, 20 people every six months, it's all sitting in PDFs and docs. So our perspective was is, what is the easiest way for a company to run? And that wasn't us. It's what the world has been largely looking at is, how do we help SMBs in terms of them running the businesses. And the thing that they are looking at it is, how can we make payments simpler? How can we make digital marketing simpler? How can we make uh, ads simpler? And in our case, we were looking at how can we make documents simpler so that your running of business is much easier and smoother. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, uh, how do you think uh, document management solution is different in India vis-a-vis -vis the world? The interesting thing is, uh, regardless of what our business does, the document system is common, similar across the world. An offer letter is an offer letter, an invoice mm -hmm. is an invoice, uh, a, a contract is a contract, a vendor agreement is a vendor agreement. It's same everywhere. What perhaps changes is perhaps your tax ID, your VAT IDs, the way you address some things, or perhaps some legal clauses that are restricted to those jurisdictions. But uh, payment clauses, cancellation clauses, indemnity clauses, it's the same stuff everywhere. So when we last started looking at what's the common thing across the world, when you take a, mm -hmm. uh, when you sell Instagram, well, everybody takes pictures. It's, it's the same eyes and nose and face that we have here versus anywhere. 
uh, it's the same story that I climbed the mountain that I want to share on Instagram with everywhere. It's the same kind of chat I want to connect with my family on WhatsApp everywhere. And document is that similar thing inside a business. It's a common language, be mm-hmm. it India, be it US, everywhere. Uh, so that is what we saw was, uh, and as it comes back from the learning of one click, is the need for video was also same. It's just that the infra were not right at all. I mean, back in 2010, 2012, it was still 2Gs and 3Gs in India. Broadband was still being defined, whereas US was already like uh, much ahead in fiber optics and things like that. But when you come today in documents, it's the same stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know you asked on the marketing also. I'll give you just some indications, right? Uh, just um, It's hard to look at Dropbox and guess what the market size is or Google Drive and what the market size is. But I would be surprised if uh, 25 million users in the world are not using Dropbox or Google Drive. And that's common. If you are using Drive. I mean, you yeah. do use it. Everybody does. Yeah. But a good proxy of that is a company like Box, which is a publicly listed company. And that shows that between the document storage, between the security for documents, between the content collaboration, it's a $55 billion market uh, globally. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the content collaboration just the document collaboration alone is $15.5 billion. So the size of the market when you stock up simply documents is staggeringly huge. That's just because it's it goes from enterprises to small businesses to individuals to any country and everywhere. And that's, that's where we felt that, hey, document is something that is, everybody talks about, but everybody hates to work with. And that's, <laughs> that's why there are not much of a document is cool. Nobody's ever talked about. I love paperwork. Nobody ever says that. And that's largely <laughs> our internal motto also. Is how can we make paperwork cool? So, uh, actually you're right. You know, When I think of uh, documentation, probably the first word, top of the mind recall will be boring. <laughs> so, how do you then uh, motivate your team at Rev to work uh, for a mission or vision which seems not so exciting or interesting? You're right. That's always the challenge that is across, and uh, uh, and the the great lessons for that actually is in the consumer companies, uh, and uh, I, I always give examples of of Chai Point and Swiggy in our country in the census. Um, Ten years ago, or fifteen years ago, when I came out of college, and if I were to tell my dad that I'm doing a Chai startup, and I can't even know what he would have thought of that one, right? But today. You can build a massive business model out of shipping chai and dosas and, and pizzas, right? Uh, the, the best of best tech people or product experience people or marketing people today are sitting there. So largely what comes is, is hey, is there a storytelling? Is there a narrative that we can say that document is cool? Document itself is not cool, but that your life is cool, that you are a genius now because, hey, invoices clicks, couple of clicks and things done and you can do other productive things. If we can make people who dabble in product cool, is that a mission that we can go after? Is that a mission that we can all do? And that is what I think people like. Right? People um, uh, want to make others feel good. Uh, people want to make others successful because that's where uh, business success lies and that's where a lot of us feel that, yeah, I could do that. And that's also somehow perhaps comes back to our hiring criteria is what kind of people we bring in 
uh, what kind of people that we look at, what values they bring in, what kind of uh, aspirations that they bring in. And with that kind of an alignment, you start building a team or a company which can go after something like documents. Yeah, so what are the values and aspirations that you look for when you hire people? In some of our hiring criteria that we have seen largely, uh, so in one of our onboarding that we, we try to say this is, uh, and this I learned out of Freshworks when we were in support, customer support, and mm-hmm. we were selling these that work for customer support, is uh, how do you train a customer support person across the world for a product that is sold somewhere else for a customer who's in some other part of the world and still have a consistent wow experience, right? So a customer support sitting in Bangalore for a product that was sold in California for a user back in Australia. How do you ensure that the customer support is wow? So the value that we are looking for is, is how is this person really thinking global? That I want to be a global citizen. Right. How when you're writing a blog, are you writing a blog for your community? Or are you writing a blog that is read anywhere for someone in UK or California or Australia and be wowed about it? Right? So how is your writing global? How is your your communication global? So that trickles down with almost everything, right? how we build a product, how we build a user experience, how we price. So largely, number one, we look at it is somebody who has an attitude to stand out uh, and not stand out because... I'm a topper in my college. Uh, the standout is largely is, are you really want to be someone out there who stands out in in a very, very easy way, like on a Twitter or on a LinkedIn, because what you did is global. So I think those are some of the things we start looking at. Um, mm-hmm. Also, we have our own internal uh, code, which we call three R's, uh, RRR, uh, rigor, ritual, and relentless. So rigor is... Uh, we really bring in a lot of effort in whatever we do or say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if we write a blog, there will be a lot of research that we've gone in. If we, if we build a user experience, there will be a lot of experiments that we've gone in there. If we ship the product, there will be a lot of quality check, testing, verification, validation that we've gone in. Uh, same is with Relentless. I think Relentless comes back is largely, you have to be at it. You can't give up, you have to be at it. And Ritual is largely just this is. It's a motherhood and apple pie. You don't question some things. They are they are what they are. So uh, so uh, uh, if, if a customer has a problem, you don't say, "Hey, this customer is he's not understanding what the product is." No, understand the customer's problem first. Right. So th- those are largely come down to very ritualistic way of how you approach a customer, how you approach a quality, how you approach a company. So those are largely our three basic principles of how we run a company. So I actually heard three hours in football, Ronaldo, Rivaldo and Ronaldinho. So this is the first time I'm listening to three hours in business, but fascinating. So uh, when I look at you and what I hear you say, it somehow gives me a sense that you yourself also are a very, you know, like a document oriented person in real life. Is that the truth or how do you use this documents management solution in your personal life, real life, time management, all of it? Actually, it's not. Actually, things that you build largely are aspirations when you start doing these things on on making yourself better. I, I'll tell you, 2019, uh, we were still a small team and uh, we take a lot of feedback from the from our own team. And uh, we are a startup and it's sometimes, sometimes, and uh, life gets hard in the sense is a lot more working hours or your weight office, whereas we don't work on weekends. We do very strict Fridays, 
we don't work nights or any of those things but there are times when you just have to put in hours and one mistake we did in our early days was we didn't have a leave policy we didn't have a leave policy mm-hmm. and uh, at some point in time when we ran a 360 degree feedback of all the things that we thought we were good at this feedback hit us hard she didn't know leave policy she discussed that and we took about 2 weeks we fixed the leave policy we added that one and covid came and covid came mm-hmm. and now how do you do a leave policy in a covid when you are work from home uh, and uh, you don't want to be in the city that you are in people were going back to home and that's when we put a document system uh, inside our company using our own product we put two offers one was a e policy for people to go back to their homes uh, they have to just and we have this e consent in our product where you click it and you say i consent to this or if you don't consent to it you can click that and you can add your comment and we iterate that and that consent was simply is i will comply to the uh, covid guidelines of the leaving state and the the destination state second is i'll ensure that wherever i am i'm at least office hours i'll manage and third is that yes we will pay you money for setting up the office and other things that i will set up the office right like like we paid money for the laptops for internet office table and thing like that so they were just very simple things we did but we did that largely online documents if it were an office you don't have to take care of it because the office kind of policy takes care of it. and then leave request again we put leave request documented online and the thing we also did was uh put the leave request the we put some automated rules there that is one day sick leave automatically replied three days any other condition automatically replied five days or something like that it comes to me and my co-founder sameer and that's when we ask and that's it so we really leverage our own product to automate some of the feedback that came from our own teams and uh, and it's covid happened and we had to run this remote system so we actually use our own document system and we put that one so just to answer your question no um, uh, some my co-founder sameer is a is lot more methodical and he is lot more document oriented i am not but <laughs> our own product is shaping me and my team to be a little more uh, methodical and, and, yeah that's okay interesting uh thank you so much for joining in rishi uh it was such a pleasure to talk to you fascinating lessons from the conversation and i'll keep these lessons with me uh, for my lifetime thank you thanks for dear so if you have any feedback or would like to feature an hd smartcast leadership lessons you can ping me at the rate pragagulati on linkedin you can also write to us at the rate hd smartcast hd smartcast is present across social media platforms including facebook twitter instagram youtube and linkedin for more such podcasts go to htsmartcast.com thank you this was an hd smartcast original hd smartcast